It's Zoe Time. Welcome to the Zoe Time Show presented by HoopsBrews.com. I will be your host for the day, Daniel Belts, and Will Laker fans. We are 49 games into the season. The uh, record right now is 25 and 24. And I mean, even though we're above 500, 50 games into the season right now, it's it's not looking too good. I expected more from this team, to be honest, and. I know there's been a lot of factors that kind of controlled that, like injuries. But still, 25 and 24 going into game 50 tonight versus the Phoenix Suns kind of just doesn't feel good. It's definitely dark times here as a Laker fan, especially given the teams that we've lost to in the past month. And if you look at our schedule going forward, it's it's going to get dark, man. Like, it's... How would I describe it? We're basically, we are in the end game now. We don't have much more games that we could fuck up and lose that we should win. And we also need to win games that we should lose. So it's going to be a very crazy, what, 33 games stretched in the season with. Um, hopefully at some point we can get an actual healthy full Lakers team. It definitely hasn't happened in the past two, three, four years in L.A., um, and honestly, ever since Kobe tore his Achilles in Los Angeles, it's been, it feels like the Lakers have been cursed. You can even go back to the last year the Lakers won the finals in 2010. Ever since that time, ever since we beat Boston in the finals, it seems like the ball hasn't bounced our way. We had that Chris Paul veto trade. We have um, Kobe tearing his Achilles. We have Dwight leaving in free agency. We have... Um, we couldn't sign any superstar free agent to come to play in L.A. Um, we also signed Luol Deng and Mozgov to kind of franchise-killing contracts. So it's not been very well in Los Angeles. And it seemed like when LeBron signed with us this season that the tides have kind of turned. But here again, injury-riddled team Um Getting close to February, just like last year, and we are definitely in the end game now, where um, the people at Hoops and Brews, Pavi and TPJ, we kind of text about it, and it's should the Lakers like even be focused on this season? Yes, making the playoffs is very important to me as a Laker fan, but from non-Laker fans, the way they look at it as, hey, you signed LeBron to three, four years, you need to fully want him healthy for the whole three, four years instead of rushing him back for this year. And we do not know how long LeBron is going to be out for. So I know it's almost to the point where you wouldn't tank, but do you give him a longer break? Do you rush Lonzo back from injury earlier? What do you do with Kuzma now who seems to be hurt? So just a bunch of variables that I have no idea what the Lakers should do with. I'm glad I'm not in the position that has to make those calls and whatnot. I know when LeBron comes back, hopefully we go on a run, which we will talk about later, but as of right now, injuries have piled up. Lonzo's probably out for a month to two at least. Um, The trade rumors are flying around with AD, Bradley Beal, Terrence Ross, Wayne Ellington, and others, even Melo. Um, the rumors about the coach getting fired are being circulated as well. There was the Genie Bus interview on the Low podcast. There was reports of LeBron's camp not wanting Luke Walton anymore. 
Um, and this stems from earlier in the season with Magic and Klinka not being sold 100% on Luke. So, yeah, when we were winning, it seemed like these questions weren't there from when we first got Tyson to Christmas Day. But now since the um, LeBron's been out and the Lakers have been 5-10 and 10 in the last 15 games, all these stories, all these things are coming out. And it just seems like the avalanche has kept going and there's almost no way to stop it until LeBron comes back, until we start getting on the right path again. So... As of right now, we are two and a half games out of playoffs. We are 25 and 24, and for those that plan ahead, for those that kind of look forward, if you check out our um, schedule from now until All-Star break, after the Suns game, it's not looking pretty. We have the 76ers at home, and then we go on a, what, one, two, three, four, five-game road trip, five or six, where we got to play... The Los Angeles Clippers, the Golden State Warriors, the Indiana Pacers, the Boston Celtics, and the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, that's a tough stretch. You know, that's five likely playoff teams. That's the best team in the West. That's a top three team in the East, another top three team in the East. Um, when, what's it called? The Clippers are, what, eighth in the West, and the Pacers are now without Victor Oladipo, who... Sorry about that. Victor Oladipo, who is out for the rest of the season, but I mean, the Pacers did stay afloat with Victor Oladipo out, so you never know. Those are five very tough games on the road, and even with LeBron, that's a tough stretch. Without LeBron and Lonzo, that's a very tough stretch. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's not the it's not the year I wanted the Lakers to have, and honestly kind of like sad about that because if the Lakers don't turn this around, you can kind of guess that trades will happen at the end of the season, that we might have seen the last of Kuzma, Ingram, Alonzo, and Hart like after this year in LA, so who knows? We might be looking at a very different team come next season. Uh, the only variable that's probably going to be here for sure is LeBron. I can probably guarantee that he's going to be here for the next season. And holy shit, Giannis just made a three. Uh, not something you see all the time. Currently watching the Thunder and Milwaukee Bucks before the Los Angeles Lakers play the Phoenix Suns tonight. That almost feels like a much-needed win for the Los Angeles Lakers. Just waiting on the news for Kyle Kuzma to see if he's going to play or not because he was held out of practice yesterday, so... It's just another another injury bug for this team. Josh Hart also was limited in practice yesterday, so even when it seems like we should have a easy win, you don't have Lonzo, you don't have LeBron, you might not have Kuzma, you might not have Hart, so then it becomes you might even like lose. So we need big games from Brandon Ingram, a big game from Rondo, another big game from Zubak, and hopefully the Suns also just suck. Um like I said, that's a very tough stretch once LeBron comes back, if he comes back. There are, like, I don't know how credible people are on Twitter, but it seems like some people in the know kind of don't think LeBron's coming back for another two to three weeks. 
which is right at All-Star break, which would be kind of weird if your first game back is in the All-Star game, but hey, it's LeBron. He's going to do what he wants to do. Um, so yeah, it's. I don't enjoy talking about the Lakers when they suck and I expect them to do good. Like last season, it was very easy to talk about the Lakers because, hey, like we weren't a winning team, but we were a young, exciting team. We had Randall, um, Lonzo, Ingram, Kuzma, Hart all playing and playing very well. We had all this cap space, cap space going forward, thought about retain, retaining Brooke. So it seemed like there was a ton of optimism going into the year, and now 50 games into the season, that optimism is almost dead, and like it's not fun talking about the Lakers when they're bad and they're supposed to be good. It's easy to talk about them when you're a rebuilding team that kind of wants them to be good, but now once you're expected to be good and you kind of suck, it's a different feeling. It's not a good feeling, not a feeling I want to have for much longer while LeBron is a Laker because he is top three greatest player of all time, maybe even number one. And, I mean, it's a big summer coming up. We definitely need to sign a max free agent because we did make trades of young other promising players to get the two cap or the two max spots for the Lakers in free agency and if we're not able to deliver on that we're going to look at those trades as being two dark holes in which kind of prevented the Lakers becoming this great team there are a ton of trades that we didn't make that we could have to kind of make us better now so it's very strange times magic and palinka definitely have to deliver a big fish whether that's through free agency whether that's through trades so again this summer man who knows and like i've said that stretch is tough and there is a pretty big chance that going into all-star break we are not above 500 if we beat the suns tonight we'll be 26 and 24 Looking at those five games, I mean, the optimism in me is maybe if LeBron comes back, we beat the Clippers and the Pacers. That's what, one, two, three, that's what, two and four, so that would put us right at 28 and 28. That is almost the best case scenario for me, so going 28 and 28 into All-Star break, not like the most... Not the greatest sign in the world, but I mean, we can come back into playoff contention, but let us go into the first topic of the day, and this is one which Pavi wanted me to speak about, and it's the possibility of the Los Angeles Lakers missing the playoffs. Um, for those that have been fans, the Lakers have not made the playoffs since 2013, the 2012-2013 season, which Kobe bought out and tore Zekili's in. We haven't made the playoffs since then. It's what, five, six years that were going on. Um, when LeBron first came, we thought that was out of the way. And even if you just look, what, last month, Christmas Day, December 25th, we were, what, six games above 500. We just beat the Warriors on Christmas Day. LeBron said he dodged a bullet with a groin injury. So we're thinking, hey, he's only going to be out maybe a week. And we're like, you know what, the kids can kind of like take over, control this little stretch, and then once LeBron back gets back, we can go back to cooking. And holy shit, Giannis just hit another three. If Giannis is able to do that, this will elevate that Bucks team to a much higher level. But 
getting back to the Lakers. We thought LeBron wasn't going to be out that long. So we're like, hey, Lakers will, what, go two, three, or four games without him. Try and go two and two if it's four games. And then when he gets back, let's keep rolling. Let's get to a top four, top three seed. That's what looked likely. We were a four seed when he was healthy. Not only did he get hurt, though, on Christmas Day, Rondo got hurt. So then you're taking away our best player and our bench leader. Now it's up to a whole bunch of 20 to 23, 24-year-olds to try and kind of like right this ship, and it didn't happen. And holy shit, Westbrook hit a three. This is insanity, watching these two teams, because... Never mind, who gives a shit about the Thunder? But with Milwaukee, I wasn't as high on them as I probably should have been to begin the season. I didn't think they would have turned it around to where they're this spacing team that can shoot threes outside of Giannis, but they've done a a remarkable job putting the right players around Giannis that needed to be around Giannis, and it's kind of a blueprint for what L.A. needs around LeBron, so we'll see, and... Yeah, so LeBron and Rondo both went out at the same time. And it kind of had a spiraling trying to find a leader because those are our two leaders, LeBron, obviously, and then Rondo was the vocal leader. Some might even say Rondo has been a bigger leader in L.A. than LeBron has in the first 50 games because you can tell Rondo works with these young kids. You've heard it from the young kids. You've heard it from the coaching staff. Rondo helps out tremendously. And while he takes away minutes from Lonzo on the court, Rondo has been that team leader, that vocal guy, that one that's going to watch film with the younger players, the one that's going to work with them after practice to kind of work on things, which you saw with Lonzo. And, yeah, so they both missed about 13 or 14 straight games uh, together. So we were, like, struggling without them. Rondo comes back, and we lost the game that he came back in, um, what, against the... I can't remember who we lost to, but it was a game we probably should have won. But, yeah, it's it's looking like the Lakers might list the playoffs. And there are a ton of reasons why, but I'm just going to list how many games each player has missed from injury. LeBron has missed 15 straight and counting. Um, the Phoenix Suns will be his 16th straight. Rondo so far this season has missed 34 due to injuries and suspensions. Brandon Ingram missed 11 with injuries and suspensions. Uh, JaVale's missed 7 with sickness. Kyle Kuzma's missed 2.5 games, and he might miss tonight. Lonzo's missed 2 games and will miss a lot more. So that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. That's 6 players that are rotational players, where 4 out of the 6 will likely at least have missed 10-plus once we finish the season. And that's not what you want. Like, that's not good. I know a lot of teams deal with injuries. I know that it's not just the Lakers that have dealt with injuries. But when you're missing your best player for 16-plus games, when he's never missed 16-plus games ever in his career in a season, when you miss Rondo, who almost missed half the season, when you're going to miss your best point guard for at least the next month, it's... It's trying time, so I'm not trying to say, you know what, it's only injuries because I'm not. There are other reasons why we aren't as good as we needed to be, but that is a big part. Health doomed us last year. Health is dooming us this year, and it's 
I don't want to like bitch about it and whine about it too much, but it's like not fair, but we have to be able to overcome that. And we weren't in some stretches. Josh Hart and Contavious Caldwell Pope are the only ones to play every game. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They both have struggled recently. Um, for whatever reason, KCP might play very well, but he always has this confidence to where he wants to take the final shot at the end of games, and he's terrible at it. Like, he had that miss against the Rockets where he tried to go two for one and he airballed, and he also decided not to cover Eric Gordon when he shot the three to send it to overtime. Like, we should have beaten the Rockets, but KCP decides to play like he's Kobe, and KCP has probably 5% of the talent Kobe had, so obviously it didn't work out. We lost, so like there's a game that we let slip away. Josh Hart hasn't been able to fucking put a rock in the ocean recently with his um, three-point shot, and it's kind of troublesome. I believe he's shooting under 30% on the season, and I think Kyle Kuzma might be shooting under 30% on the season from three, so... Yes, while injuries have sucked, we also haven't produced the way that we needed to produce. Lonzo's shooting 41% on the line, at the line, unacceptable. Ingram's not shooting over 70%, I believe, from the free throw line. So we just we have a ton of reasons why we're not winning when we are healthy. But even when we're not healthy, like we need to still like come through. We have enough talent on this team. We signed enough players that can produce, that can play, that can help us win games and 2018 2019 and we just for whatever reason we seem to blow it we either let teams get off to a hard start in the first quarter or we just can't simply close in the fourth and it's frustrating because in the second to third quarters and it's mostly every team we're able to either play with them or like beat them like from the box score like we have a better um, plus minus in the second and third quarters but sometimes we get out to a very slow start in the first or we just can't simply close out and go on a run to end the fourth quarter and win that game. And I don't know if that's on coaching, if it's on players. I don't know who it's on. It's probably a mixture of both, and that's something that we just can't have if we want to make the playoffs. Because while winning without LeBron is a very tough thing to do, we should be able to do it. And... Yeah, letting the tanking teams beat us is terrible. Like, we lost to the Knicks, and we lost to the Cavs. Those are two games that maybe at the end of the season, you look at as, hey, that right there is why they did not make the playoffs. We would be 27 and 20... What? 27 and 22, if we won those games. And then you look at the Sacramento King game that we let slip away in Sacramento when we were up 16 with five to go we'd be 28 and 21 and we'd be able to handle the absence of Lonzo we'd be able to handle the absence of LeBron but us not being able to overcome that adversity is why there is a huge possibility that we do miss the playoffs and honestly when this team is healthy this team is a obvious playoff team this team is a top three top four team in the west that's not up to debate because when everyone was healthy when things were cl clicking, we were. And we were on the up and up with LeBron, with the young core, with everyone else on the team. But 
we are not a obviously a top four team right now. We are ninth in the West, and yeah, like if you want statistics, you want like actual facts, go and look at the Lakers' record. Once we signed Tyson until Christmas Day, we were playing like a top three team in the West. We were surging, everything was clicking. And I'm not saying we are finals contenders because, to be honest, no one is beating the Golden State Warriors in the West. I don't care who, I don't care how well Harden plays, I don't care how well Paul George and Russell Westbrook play in the series. Nobody is beating the Golden State Warriors. They have Boogie, who looks better than advertised. And it's not the fact that he's fouling to me, it's he just looks healthy. He looks way healthier than I expected a. 20, I don't know how old, 28-year-old DeMarcus Cousins, who was a 7-foot center. I didn't think he would be moving like that at this rate. I thought it would take him to at least um, April to be playing like this, but he's already moving very well, running in transition, um, playing very good offense down low, and he loves to take charges on the defensive side, and once he stops fouling, they're going to be a very scary team. So I don't think anyone's beating the Warriors, but... When healthy, yeah, I think we can compete with the Rockets. I think we can compete with the Thunder. I think we can compete with anyone in the West. And hell, technically, I think we could compete with anyone in the East, too. It's just we would not be able to compete with the Golden State Warriors, no matter how healthy we were, even though we beat them on Christmas Day. And we honestly have to be like realistic Laker fans. The only playoff spot I think is available is the eighth spot. Because you look at the Rockets, the Jazz, and the Spurs are all trending up. Um, everyone else is kind of solidified one through four. And then you have the Clippers at eight. And that's the only playoff spot that I think is available in the, in the West. And we're already two and a half games back of that. So realistically, that's our best shot. We have to hope we go on a run once we get LeBron back. And we have to help. We have to kind of hope that the... Clippers kind of suck. We have to kind of hope that they help us out. Now, there is kind of like speculation with DeMar DeRozan missing his second game with a knee injury. So maybe San Antonio goes on a skid and we just come out firing after the All-Star break. That's also a possibility. But realistically, I only think the eighth spot's open for us. And that would be a matchup versus the Golden State Warriors in the first round and... That's not um, that's not ideal because they are going to be the winners of a third straight NBA Finals. So, yeah, you definitely don't want to play the one seed, especially when they're the Warriors in the playoffs. But, I mean, hell, making the playoffs this year after all the injuries would be kind of a saving grace for this team. But that's honestly, I think, the best case scenario for us. If we can get to the seventh seed, perfect, because then... We would avoid the Warriors until the Western Conference Finals if we make it that far. We'd probably face the Denver Nuggets, which don't scare me as much as the Warriors do. And then we'd face probably the the 3-6. I don't, I don't know who that'd be, but I also don't fear for them as well, unless it's the Rockets, maybe. So you never know. If we can get to the seventh seed, Perfect. Realistically, 8th seed is all we can get. And that's if the Clippers go on a down spiral. They just won against the Kings today. They seem to be getting all their healthy players back. Like, um, I know Lou Will missed a couple games. I think they get Gallinari back soon. So, 
who knows if they go on a down spiral or not, but we need them to. And yeah. So let's talk about what happens if we miss the playoffs. If we do miss the playoffs, it'll obviously not be very good for LeBron's legacy. Missing the playoffs this year for him. Um, it won't be good for the Lakers' legacy because it would just add another year to where they're not in the playoffs. But it would help, though. And this is kind of looking big picture. This is kind of what Pavi wants Laker fans to do. Look big picture. If the Lakers do miss the playoffs, that lottery pick kind of comes in hand if we're trying to trade for Anthony Davis. A top 14 pick would definitely probably entice them if we put two of the three young players in that trade as well. And, I mean, that's this is not what I want to happen, but if it does happen, okay. Like, I still want the Lakers to finish above 500. I don't want us to tank, but... And given the new lottery odds, hey, who knows what happens? And, I mean, if we're looking in the past... 10 years what kind of happened for the Cavs when LeBron left um, the Cavs were gifted number one picks basically when LeBron left so maybe the league rigs it to where that the Lakers get a top three pick because the league wants Anthony Davis in LA who knows this is just conspiracy theory talk this is just speculation maybe that happens then it makes it a lot easier to trade for Anthony Davis but Anthony Davis needs to come out and say, you know what? I only want to play in Los Angeles. I'm only re-signing with the Lakers, and don't trade for me, anyone else. If you're not Magic, if you're not Rob, do not trade for me. And that's kind of how it has to go. Now, while I say that, by no means, we need to make, we need to make the playoffs. I do not want that to happen. Um... I just want to see Lakers play uh, playoff basketball in April. I want to see us try to get to May. I want to see us get close to late May. And that would be a very successful season. Um, LeBron has to show us why he's LeBron, in my opinion. When he comes back from injury, he kind of needs to will us to the playoffs, just like Kobe Bryant did in the 2012-2013 season. If you look back at our record back then, we were 23-26 and 26 entering Game 50. We finished 45 and 37 that season, so we went on a 22 and 11 stretch to end the season. We need to kind of try to get to that mark as well, 22 and 11 to finish the season, because hey, we might need to win 47, 48 games to make the playoffs this season in the West. And I believe that would only allow the Clippers to win 20 more games to finish the season, so we would need help, obviously, in that way. But I believe if we are able to get to 48 wins, we do make the playoffs. So LeBron kind of has to show us why we signed the greatest player in the world. He needs to show us that he can do it. He needs to show us that he's the man. Um, Ingram, Kuzma, Hart also need to step up. We also need to get Lonzo back as soon as possible, which I will talk about in the next segment. So, again, Laker fans, the possibility of us making the, or missing the playoffs is real. And I don't think that we should sugarcoat that. This might happen. I laughed at everyone that said it wouldn't happen before the season, so I'm eating a lot of crow today, which is kind of why my voice, I think, sounds a little bit different. I'm umming and anding a lot. So 
it's just it's tough to eat the crow it's tough to swallow that and like deal with that shit pause but it is what it is i didn't think our entire team would get hit with the injury bug but it happened and here we are so god i just need this team to make the playoffs so other max free agents would be tempted to join no one wants to join the lakers that missed the playoffs with lebron because then be like why do why would i go there i would just go somewhere else or I would stay where I am and hopefully that team could build a contender around me. But I have faith in this team. I have faith in Ingram. I have faith in Kuzma, faith in LeBron, faith in Hart to hopefully fucking turn it around. Um, faith in Ivica Zuba coming around like a goddamn all-star. So let's just hope this team goes on a very good run to end the season and hopefully... Next week, when I speak to you guys, there'll be some optimism. Hopefully, LeBron will be back by then because we're going to need him for this next six-game stretch heading into um, All-Star break. Now, let's talk about Lonzo's injury and what it means to the Lakers, what it means to his future in L.A., and what it means to kind of Laker fans. Um, for those that have been watching, for those that just don't watch the box scores, like this hurt. Like this injury hurt, I think, all of us a lot because we finally saw what Lonzo Ball can bring as the guy, what he can bring as the starting point guard, the leader. And you kind of saw his skills develop as well, and it hurt. Like, not trying to like sound lame, but it probably depressed a lot of us because we saw the best version of Lonzo Ball that he has been in the regular season in his entirety in LA. And if we want to like go further than that, I haven't seen this amount of leadership, this amount of heart since UCLA Lonzo, since Chino Hills Lonzo. And like it sucks. Lonzo turned the page. You could see that in the results of the games. You could see that in the in how he played on the court with how much you heard him talk, with the emotion he showed out there when he was either A, making a correct move, or if he saw one of his teammates not do the correct thing, like you saw him show disgust. We hadn't seen that from Lonzo. We've kind of seen this nonchalant, easy come, easy go kind of player, but when he and Ingram had that meeting that they need to kind of score more, need to be more aggressive, need to be more accountable, need to take a bigger role in leadership... You saw Alonzo kind of become the man. And you could, I guess you could look at the box scores. His best games have come recently. And you can watch the Thunder game in overtime, the Rockets' first half, the um, entire Chicago Bull game. You can watch the game where Alonzo got cramps versus the Kings. He controlled every minute that he was on the court, whether it's with his defense, his passing, his newfound ability to finish at the rim his three-point shot which is better than what his last season like you saw strides he's even dribbling a lot more now he's even more comfortable as a ball handler he's more comfortable as kind of directing players where they need to go and it's just beautiful to see and it sucked this injury came at this time because it finally felt that he was the prince that was promised and yeah, it just it's shitty because it was all there. And 
Now, when he's all healed up, which is anywhere from four to six weeks from now or six to 11, as noted from um, other players that suffered the grade three ankle sprain that he just went through, or that he just had, he's going to come back to a team that has LeBron and Rondo back. I think it would it would have been different if he was playing like this when Rondo and LeBron came back because they can kind of be like, oh, okay, Lonzo can do this. Let's try to adapt our game a little bit to help him kind of flourish in these areas. Now when Lonzo comes back, it's going to be a team that's already like controlled by LeBron, by Rondo, so... He's going to have to kind of like fit in to where if he was playing like this when they were out, they would have had to. So it's kind of strange. It's He's going to go back to the um, beginning of the season, Lonzo, where he seemed hesitant at times to kind of do things because he knows if he fucked up, Rondo would come in. Lonzo kind of had free reign in the past couple weeks with all the injuries because there was no one else that could do what he does. Now it's going to be kind of how the first month or two went when everyone was healthy. He would show flashes, but it wouldn't be consistent. The past couple weeks, it had been consistent. And that's, I think that's the most depressing part about this is he was finally day in, day out, showing what needed to be shown. Now it might go back to kind of here and there, hit and miss. And if we want to get even darker, if we want to get even more depressed, Lonzo might have played his last game in L.A. Maybe the Lakers trade him at the deadline. Maybe the grade three ankle sprain is worse than what we imagined and we're out of the playoff race by then and he just sits out the entire year and then gets traded. That is a dark timeline, which I don't want to give any um, attention for, but it's very possible. And that's going to be sad because I do think out of the young core, and I know... Maybe some results might not show it, but I do think Lonzo is the best piece we have. And I think it's from what he brings all around. I think it's what he can be in the future. I think what he is now. He is a low-maintenance, hopefully, all-star superstar in the making. Once he finds his complete rhythm, one that's going to compete defensively from the beginning to the end. One that's going to step up and hit big shots. One that's going to defer to better players when needed to. You see some point guards struggle like that, where they can't defer. Case in point, Russell Westbrook, when he doesn't defer to Paul George in the crunch time. Lonzo has no problem checking his ego and deferring to the better player. So, I don't know. I... It just it's tough because when the young goat is playing the best ball of his career, when he has all of his confidence, you can hear it in the post game interviews. You can hear it when you're just watching the game, and you can hear him actually speak on the court, which never happens. It sucks. Luckily, he didn't break anything, but still, being out a month to two months is not good. And like I said earlier, just go ahead and rewatch the Rockets' first half when he was controlling the tempo and setting up the floor like he was a floor general. Watched the Thunder overtime game after he committed a boneheaded foul, which he was told to foul, and the refs noted that they should have called the foul when it was not in the shot. Look how he responded in overtime. He hits that big three against, um, I don't know who, I think it was Jeremy Grant, and it was from like, 
it might have been from the sea in Oklahoma City, and then he hit that um, that layup in the lane when he switched hands, and it just showed that he's he's meant for this. He's built for this. Um, and then you just watch that Bulls game, and he's just the leader from beginning to end. And I saw a young guy that was ready to break out and surge into the playoffs and then hopefully have a Jason Tatum-like playoffs where Jason Tatum kind of showed the rest of the league he's here. Also, go ahead and rewatch that Sacramento Kings game in Sacramento, which he had to exit with cramps. When he was running the show, we looked unstoppable. We were up 16 with five minutes to go. He was completely outplaying the De'Aaron Fox, and it just sucked. It, every single time it seems like he's ready to turn the corner, something happens. And hopefully this isn't a foreshadow for the rest of his career, because that would suck, because the flashes of greatness are there. It's just shitty that he has to go through this. Um, his three-point percentage, like I noted, is up recently. His finishing around the rim is up more recently. Um... His confidence in dribbling more is obviously there. If you watch the Rocket game, there's this play where he's dribbling around Austin Rivers for like five seconds. He gets Tucker and Rivers to switch, and then he's able to dump it down to Zubak for an easy two. Like, I've never seen Lonzo dribble that much in the half-court set. Like, it's it was great to see him having that confidence. And when LeBron or Rondo was there, you rarely see him dribble. So for him to be able to show that he's able to do that was just another step in the right direction of him becoming the player that he needs to become. And not only when LeBron and Rondo went out, he needed to take more of the responsibility for this team. And not only did he take it, he excelled in it. And it was just cool to see. And it just sucks that he might not be the same player when he gets back from injury, whether it's a he's not confident in himself anymore or the role is not there for him anymore or he's traded or whatnot. There's just a lot of variables that he probably can't control now. And when he was able to control the variables, he succeeded. And I'm just hoping he can still succeed regardless of the situation he's in. And that's going to be um, key for us basically going forward. And... The team definitely seemed to go as he did when he was pushing, when he was controlling tempo, when he was showing effort, emotion, defensive intensity, offensive intensity. We seem to be like a much better team. The results show it. The game tape shows it. The box score shows it. Everything shows it. We were a better defensive team when he was in there, and that's obvious. He's probably our best defender on the team. And yes, I really hope he recovers from this grade three ankle sprain. Not only for us to try and make a playoff push, just I want him to be 100% healthy for this offseason. Because that's going to be key. We need a healthy Lonzo offseason. Because you're able to see the little flashes that he's shown working with Rondo. You've kind of seen him become a better finisher over on the rim. And we definitely do need a healthy offseason for Lonzo so he can work on his free throw shooting mechanics because... There are obviously flaws. You shouldn't be a starting point guard in the league where you're shooting 41%. That is terrible. Um, but yeah, like we definitely do need a healthy Lonzo for the offseason. And maybe he works with LeBron in this offseason. Maybe he gets on maybe LeBron's, um, what would you call it, like a strength program where... 
it can prevent injuries. Who knows? Maybe he switches shoes. Maybe he gets the big baller. Um, I think Jello has the high tops. Maybe he starts playing in those. Maybe Lonzo calls Curry and like has a conversation about what happens and like how to like kind of maintain the ankles because Curry went through ankle injuries in the beginning of his career. Maybe he does that, uh, seeks help that way, and it just sucks because he seemed like Lonzo was always ready for the big moments, whether it was Spurs last year, um, the Thunder game this year, the Nugget game this year, and there are countless others where he seems to make just a big shot. Like, he doesn't seem afraid to shoot the shit. Like, he's up for the challenge. He's going to do it. And I believe he's our best three-point shooter in the clutch this season, which is crazy, in my opinion. And hopefully, just hopefully, he gets back to the player that he showed that he can be and then a much improved player next year when he does get a healthy offseason. Um He's going to be involved in a lot of trade rumors. I hope that doesn't affect his confidence. Same goes for the rest of the young core because they are going to be mentioned in a lot of trade rumors. And who knows? It definitely did seem like we got a bit of UCLA, Chino Hills, Lonzo Ball. And people rave about what Lonzo was at UCLA. Like he was the leader. He was attacking the rim, finishing around the rim when needed, hitting the timely three, playing defense, running up court, and I just hope we get that for the rest of his tenure in L.A., and I really want to keep Lonzo Ball. Out of all the young kids, he's the one I keep, and I'm not just saying that because this is obviously Zoe time and whatnot, but I believe he can transcend this team and make them go to another level that I do believe the other kids can take us, but I'm most confident in Lonzo doing that. Like, I love Kuzma, I love Ingram, I love Hart, but I just think Zoe is the guy. And he needs to continue to show that he can be the guy. Because most of the time, Kuzma shows that he tries to. But recently, Lonzo had shown more, and that's the Lonzo I can get behind. That's the Lonzo that we can work for towards the future. Now let's get to some of the trade and coaching rumors that have been floated around. And with the Lakers going 5-10, and 10, like you expect it in the last 15 games, like you knew this would happen. It's just I didn't understand, or I wouldn't say I wouldn't understand. I didn't think this many would come out. And to be honest, I'm surprised everyone is still here. Like I'm surprised everyone is still in Los Angeles that we haven't made moves by now because it didn't seem like... Um, Magic and Palenka would be this patient, but here we are, game of 50, and everyone is still here. The coach is still here. Every single player is still here. Um, wow, Paul George is fucking good. Like, I don't know if Thunder fans realize that he's their best player. And, like, I hope they give him credit as being their best player, but that's neither here nor there. Let's not talk about Paul George any more than what I have said, because fuck Paul George. But you hear the Anthony Davis rumors, and I doubt he gets moved, which the rumors are that he's not getting moved until the end of season. So he's probably not getting traded until um, summertime. So that won't help us for this year. And 
for him to become a member of the Los Angeles Lakers, he has to say, I'm only signing in Los Angeles. He has to say, I only intend on playing in L.A. He has to help us out tremendously because there are other teams that can probably put together better trade packages for Anthony Davis. But he has to say, I only want to team up with LeBron. This is where I'm going. No one trade for me. If you trade for me, I will not play for you past this season. And if he does that, that kind of opens the door for us to get Anthony Davis. And then it comes to what are the Lakers willing to give up? What is New Orleans willing to take for him? Um, How good is our pick at the end of the season? And yeah, it comes down to a whole bunch of variables that we can't control until it's actually go time. Um, We've also heard about Bradley Beal, and Bradley Beal has been playing insane. He's probably playing the best basketball of his career right now, and that's without John Wall. And to be honest, I think the past, what, I don't know how many weeks he's played without John Wall, but I don't think the Wizards trade Bradley Beal now. Like, he's on a way better deal than um, John Wall. He's probably the better player than John Wall, and... Like, the results are there. Like, he's playing pretty good for this Washington team that was kind of struggling with John Wall as their best player. Um, In my opinion, the Wizards should try to trade John Wall before they do Bradley Beal and build the the team around Bradley Beal the way they would around John Wall because Bradley Beal has shown that he can handle it. Like, he's... Like, I've watched some of their games, and he's been fantastic. So has Thomas Bryant, who Laker fans definitely miss as well. But... Yeah, so the Wizards should move John Wall. I do believe Bradley Beal's off limits, and the Lakers should stay away from Bradley Beal, or not Bradley Beal, but from John Wall because that contract is insanity. Like that is a very that's a no go for us. That would take us out of play for a, another free agent this summer. Uh, if we were to take Bradley Beal, I think we'd still be able to sign one max free agent, and that's the play. We want to sign one or two players this season. Um, now we hear, outside of Beal and AD, everyone else is almost off limits. Um, you kind of hear rumors about Jimmy Butler, but I don't want to trade for Jimmy Butler, and he's just a wild card. I don't know if Jimmy Butler would stay past one season. I have no idea what Jimmy Butler's going to do. And just a quick shout-out to the uh, Widmer Brothers Brewing. Their Tangerang Tropical Sour is very good. If you guys want to sponsor us at Hoops and Brews for our beer drinking, go for it. Definitely enjoy it. Um, they're a Portland beer. So if you guys hear this, ever listen, sponsor us, please, because your beer is very good. And, yeah. Um, but let's see. Some of the other names you're hearing is Terrence Ross, Wayne Ellington. Um, Mello's been flo- floated around. Trevor Ariza has been floated around once. Maybe the Wizards buy him out or we trade for him. You just never know. Those would definitely, those players definitely would, though, help our perimeter shooting, which has, I think we're last in three-point shooting. And I think we're last in um, free throw shooting. So maybe they help in those areas, but it just depends on what we give up, what assets we give up, because... Obviously, we're going to want to keep our assets for the big fish, which is Anthony Davis. So, who knows? Uh, Let me check my phone real quick. Maybe that's Kuzma news. Uh, 
Kyle Kuzma is out tonight. So, fun fucking times. No LeBron, no Lonzo, no Kuzma. Fun, fun, fun. 25 and 25, here we might come. But again, like, it just depends what the Lakers are willing to give up to try and uh, get to the playoffs this year. Who knows? Um, you don't want to mortgage the entire future just for short-term results, which Magic and Rob and Genie have kind of expressed. So who knows, man? I just want to see what this team can do healthy. And it seems we take two steps forward and then we take three steps back. And that's how opposites attract and yada, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But goddamn. Fuck, Kuzma's out, Lonzo's out, LeBron's out. We suck. Ooh, who's going to score for us tonight? I do not know. Ingram needs to show out. Hart needs to show out. Fuck, fuckity, fuck, fuck, fuck. Let's get to Walton real quick. LeBron's camp doesn't want him. Doesn't seem like Magic and Rob fully have his back. Genie has been very vocal towards keeping Luke Walton past this year, but the way things are going, the way the players have been playing, LeBron's camp not wanting him, who knows? If he does come back next year, he's going to need better offensive assistance around him because what he's able to do defensively in his time in L.A. has been shown. But it's just his lack of offensive sets are showing. His lack of player development shows at times. And it wouldn't really make much sense to fire Luke Walton right now because who are the other options? I don't want Mark Jackson. I do not want Jason Kidd. So it would almost make zero sense to fire him now because the replacements aren't any better than Luke Walton. So who knows? I know the Clutch Sports camp wants Mark Jackson to coach because there is the Clutch connection there, but who knows? And let's just talk about some of the other players, things that are going on with this team. Josh Hart has been struggling Shooting very bad. He's having a lot of lapses on defense. And I don't know if it's because we're asking him to do too much and that's affecting him. Or if he's just not the player we thought he could be. Because after the end of last season, the summer league, and the first month or so with LeBron, Josh Hart was playing very well. Now with LeBron out, Josh Hart has kind of struggled. Three-point shot's not there. He's been on a huge three-point shooting slump since LeBron went out. Um, so who knows? I don't know what's going on with Josh Hart. Maybe he's banged up. I think all of these players on our team need the all-star break more than they're letting on. Um, his low post defense is excellent. He just needs to stop with the lapses. KCP needs to stop trying to do too much, although with Kuzma, Alonzo, and LeBron out tonight. He might have to do way more than is expected. Like I said, Kuzma is hurt, and he's been playing through it since the Houston games. Um, in the past two and a half games, he hasn't been his normal Kuzma self, and Luke said if he wasn't moving any better than he was the last game, he was going to sit out tonight versus Suns, and turns out he is sitting out tonight, so shit. Um... I don't know who's going to provide the scoring. Michael Beasley's probably going to step up into the starting role, and hopefully that's where it comes from. Um, and then there's Brendan Ingram, who's still trying to find his game, and it's so frustrating watching Brendan Ingram because 
you see the flashes. You see the skill. You see why he was picked number two. And sometimes he just doesn't play to it. He's not put in the correct spot. Um, we're not playing to his strengths when he's on the court. So it's kind of on him, kind of on the coaching staff. He needs to stop taking so many contested two-point jumpers. And he hit that nice three-point step back last, or the game against the Rockets or whoever it was. And I'm like, oh, shit, he can hit those. He needs to become a more confident three-point shooter and trust that shot instead of forcing up contested two after contested two after contested two. He just needs to go back to making the right basketball play every single time. And once he's able to do that, we look like a better team. And he plays great on defense. When he and Lonzo are playing together on defense, we have a very good backcourt on the defensive side. It's just when Ingram's not making the right play on offense, it's kind of just washes out to where we're stopping the other team, but we're also not scoring. So it's like a, it's like a, eh, we, we're not going to make a run. So if we're already down after a slow starting first quarter, it doesn't really matter, you know? So it is what it is. It doesn't seem like our team puts players in their best position to succeed, and we need to do more of that. This is what Lonzo kind of talked about, about how we don't close games correctly. We try to do too much individually, whereas when we play team basketball, um, holy shit, Giannis. Giannis is insane when it's clicking. Holy crap. Um, but yes, ho- all right, so we are shorthanded tonight, so hopefully we beat the goddamn Suns. Um, if we don't beat them tonight, it's going to be very dark times on the timeline because we are about to go 25 and 25 if we lose, and the stretch does not get any easier. Um, so yeah, um, Hopefully, for those that are able or are 21 and able, you might want to go ahead and stock up on some beer tonight versus the Suns because if we lose, <laughs> good luck, guys, because <laughs> it's going to be a shit show on the timeline on Twitter because I know everyone normally follows on the games on Twitter as well. So, also, if you haven't followed me by now, um, go ahead and follow at Zotime Podcast on Twitter as well as follow Hoops and Brews as well on Twitter. Make sure you follow on SoundCloud and Apple Podcast and Spotify as well on all of those platforms. And until the next time we speak, go Lakers. Down.